0: Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I am Jake Sherman. Welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, will Congress be able to help President Joe Biden avert a rail strike? Number two, Jake Sullivan heads to the Hill. And number three, Hakeem Jeffries' ascent to Democratic leader. All right, Jake, let's get right into it. The number one story in Washington right now is... All eyes on President Joe Biden and his effort to stop a rail strike and uh, cement a deal that he helped broker uh, between unions and the rail companies uh, right ahead of the holiday season.
1: Yeah, uh, you had been urging me to cover this for a while. Um,
0: Oh, I'm getting some credit (laughs) here where
1: uh, it might be due. I wanted to. I'm just too busy with the other 75 disasters in Congress right now. Um, So I I wasn't, you know, ignoring this because everything's a mess always. So let's, okay, let's take this from the top here. Um, In September, Joe Biden cut a deal between labor and and railroad companies on to avert a strike that would be just cataclysmic to the economy and to uh, the country. Um, This this deal, and I'm going to oversimplify it, so please if you are listening and you you don't like how i describe it i'm not going to go through the whole thing i don't we don't have time for that this morning um it is a i love these caveats yeah, it this is, morning a, well, whatever it is a 24% pay increase for workers um is the and there's a bonus system and um uh but there's just one day of paid sick leave in the in the agreement and unions have been pushing for 15 days of paid sick leave. Since Biden's announced this, a bunch of unions have dropped off and they've said, yeah, that's doesn't, that doesn't work for me, unfortunately. And they have, um, uh, and so there could be a rail strike by the end of next week, like a day ago, Monday night, Joe Biden said, Hey, Congress, you need to put this into law. So these railroad, um, workers don't strike. Well, he wants them to do that by like next week, which is like, you know, <laughs> you know, well, thanks for thanks for the heads up, my man. Um, so here's where we are. Um, Nancy Pelosi announced that today, Wednesday, November 30th, that's today, uh, the House would vote on two bills, an agreement reached between the unions and railroads three months ago. That's the baseline agreement of what Joe Biden has um has cut with the railroads and a separate bill that would increase paid sick leave for union workers from one day to seven days. Now, this is something that Bernie Sanders has pushed for, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. These are going to be voted on separately, two different votes. This the the both are expected to pass. I mean, it's the, I I think both will actually pass with pretty. I think the railroad the 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 deal will cut with will will pass with uh bipartisan support the sick leave portion should pass i don't know what it will pass with if it'll pass with republicans um so then that goes over to the senate, the senate. so let's just talk about procedure for a minute Where
0: things get a little tricky they do they do but here's, <laughs> as of, as they often yeah do. but so the, the here's what's gonna happen they
1: the senate get will vote on both of these things um the, I think the railroad thing will pass. Like the baseline agreement seems to seems to be um on in on good footing. Um Democrats are going to have to vote for it. All 50 Democrats are going to have to vote for it and I think I think they should get 10 Republicans. I think, I don't know. pretty sure. The interesting thing is we are getting some signals that the paid leave portion the increase in paid leave could also pass because the republican party is you know like different than it used to be it is now i
0: mean honestly it's kind of i thought that was one of the most interesting developments though yesterday was when you have pretty conservative republicans in line with bernie sanders on sick leave um it's striking how to your point of the shift of the, the, the noticeable change. I mean, this is just one very concrete example in a small sliver of politics where you just, you, that this plays out in many, many, many facets going forward for where the Republican party is today. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I don't, again,
1: I don't know if it's going to pass. Um, the, 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 um, Senate needs a time agreement. So we'll see. We'll get a good sense. I was telling a, an administration official last night it was seeking some intel. I, I'll tell you what I said here. Uh, basically, <laughs> I basically said, you got to see what the House does. You got to see what if the Senate gets a time agreement. I mean, a time agreement to me would signal a new kind of level of comfort with this with this. Um so you know, let's let's see how this works out. I do think they'll avert a strike. I don't know if they're going to get the paid leave thing, but remember, now this is going to eat up time. This is going to eat up a week. I'm not saying that's bad. All
0: good, cool. Well, I mean, it's not that cool considering all the other things that they have to yeah, do but I'm before saying, the end of the year. It's not cool if you want to leave, you know, December sixteenth, well, which yeah, isn't going to
1: happen anymore. I, I no, well, it's not. I'm just saying, like, it's important. They got to get it done. I get it you know everybody's kind of in agreement on that um and i just will add one thing we ain't getting out of here by december 16th it ain't happening (laughs) i mean just to be clear there's going to be a week long cr december 23rd i I will say on both sides of the aisle yesterday senior republicans and senior democrats told me they think this goes until until close to new year's they think they think a week-long cr december 16th till the 23rd and they think another week long cr or 10 day or 12 day cr into january on the 23rd and this just goes and they go home from like the 23rd to the 26th or 27th and then they come back and wrap up so like we shall
0: see you know like we shall see yeah we'll see of course we'll see about everything but i you know whatever all right, let's move on. Let's move on to the number two story of the morning. We could wrap about the, the, the Senate calendar back and forth all morning, which I'm sure we will on text. Um, the number two story of the morning, very interesting. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan will be on Capitol Hill today to brief top senators on the need for additional U.S. economic and military aid for Ukraine as it faces an ongoing Russian military onslaught. Of course, uh, this comes as the Biden administration has requested another $37 billion in aid for Ukraine. But at the same time, where we are seeing this growing uh, kind of consternation among particularly conservative Republicans in the House and Senate about how long this aid is going to be uh provided and and what it's being used for right i mean this is going to be uh we started to see this is an inflection point but it it seems to me that in 2023 this only this friction point only continues it gets larger
1: That's true. Um, And the the bulk of the this comes right now, this visit by Sullivan comes as Congress is deciding, trying to decide or wrapping their heads around an omnibus uh, versus a CR. The Pentagon is not hot on an omni on a CR rather. They very much want an omnibus. The Pentagon has never operated on a year long CR um, you know, Sullivan is going to try to make the case. I imagine that, you know, Ukraine and the Ukraine, Russia situation requires some sort of long-term, uh, budgeting that, that Congress may or may not be willing or able to do. Um, so, uh, he has both Republicans and Democrats in the room. This, I mean, it, it's just, a, it's in this moment where, you know, both sides kind of need to, um, uh need to get some pressure and need to get some uh, need to get some um, um, religion into them on this issue.
0: All right, let's go to the number three story of the morning, a historic day. Sometime after 9 a.m. today, House Democrats will elect Hakeem Jeffries as their new leader. A watershed moment, to say the least, for both the House Democratic Caucus and Congress. Of course, Jeffries is the first new leader for House Democrats in two decades. Also, the first Black person to uh, be the leader of either party in Congress uh, in the history. So, going to be a a, a big moment here for Hakeem Jeffries for Democrats. uh, Really, a generational shift. We've been covering this, um, but but a really interesting item in today's Punchable News AM that I. I encourage everyone to read, which really goes through uh, a lot of kind of what's changing here and and who Jeffrey's power base is, what tests are he going to have, who's in his inner circle. Um, really, I think some of the the kind of the truly the best stuff that we do when it comes to these kinds of leadership stories.
1: Yeah, um, I think that uh, this is a big, obviously a huge moment for Congress. We've never had a. Uh, top black leader in either party before. Um, Jeffries has a lot of challenges ahead of him. He is take, you know, someone said to me yesterday, you never want to be the, the guy after the legend. Um, uh, that was two days ago, actually. Someone said that to
0: just, me. Jessica, uh, some who, who, who followed Jack Valenti at MPAA.
1: Yeah, right. The, or, those downtown or, listeners. Or they know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of examples, but at the risk of not offending people who might be listeners or readers, I'm not going to say them. Jeffries is as prepared as anybody here. I mean, I, I think that's the case. I think he is... He is... Everybody kind of understood he was the next up. And... um He has distinct advantages. I mean, this leadership team has some distinct advantages as it goes into the um, the next Congress. They Jeffries is a member of the CBC. You have Catherine Clark is number two, who's a progressive woman. Uh, Pete Aguilar is a uh, a key member of the CHC, a Californian. Um, I mean, they have they kind of check all the important boxes for the different caucuses, the different power bases in the Democratic Party right now. They're all representative of the Democratic Party right now. So um, I, I don't want to run through everything here, but um, he's going to be nominated by uh, Nanette Berrigan, who is the, the likely next chair of the CHC. Um, he has a bunch of influential Democrats seconding his nomination. We get into all the dynamics here. Uh, please read the morning newsletter at punchbowl.news for more. But um, this is a uh, it's a big moment for it's a big huge moment for Congress. New generation. He's going to be the youngest congressional leader. Um, and I will say that there is palpable excitement in Democratic uh, in Democratic quarters right now.
0: One quick thing to note, we are announcing this morning that Punchbowl News is heading to CES, that's the Consumer Electronics Show, uh, in Las Vegas, January 5th through the 7th. We are going to be a media partner uh, for that. We're really excited to be out there covering what top aides, members of Congress, and others are doing when it comes to the legislative track at CES. Uh, You can sign up to... Let us know you will be there. We're going to be doing some different meetings and events and and things like that. So we'd love to uh, get in the mix out in Vegas if folks are going to be there. With that, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Please share about the Daily Punch. Tell your friends. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also, as Jake said earlier, subscribe to our free morning newsletter where you get everything we're talking about this morning in more detail in your inbox uh, bright and early Monday through Friday. That is at punchbowl.news. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day and stay safe.